This is episode 12 of The Janet Lewis Show. In the podcast, I will be talking with people who have tapped into what they love, are living the life they imagined, or maybe they didn't imagine it, but have become super successful at what they're doing. They've been able to figure out what gives them energy or makes them happy and turn it into a business, or they've found a career that allows them to shine. We're going to talk about their life story, how they got to where they are, and what has influenced their journey. Today, we're talking with Stacey Davis, founder and CEO of Lovefresh, a Toronto-based company that offers a complete line of all-natural, non-toxic, and highly effective skincare products. Lovefresh proves you can go all-natural and still have a luxurious experience. What started as kitchen chemistry for Stacey and a stall at the St. Lawrence Market has transformed into a company that has products available in over 100 retailers across Canada and the U.S., to this day, Stacy remains directly involved in each step of the Love Fresh production, from recipe development to final packaging and everything in between. So she's pretty busy. So I'm looking forward to hearing about her journey to the kitchen and beyond. So Stacy, thank you for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Oh, I'm so excited too. <laughs> <laughs> so I originally met Stacy through Orange Fish because we decided to start carrying the Love Fresh products. Yes. And so I think I first met you at the One of a Kind show maybe about eight years ago is what I'm thinking. Um, could have been. We also, we took that trip together to New York. Well, we were to, <gasps> oh, you know what? Right. We met there. Because. You know what? You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So we had each met Julie. Yes. From Tourism Toronto. Yes. I forgot about that. And she had asked us to. Um, provide some gifting solutions in New York where they wanted to promote Toronto. Exactly. And so we both got to go. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's was, right. I was a fun that. trip. That was oh, great. I'm that glad you that was my that. first time to New York, believe it or not. Was it? Yes. Oh, my God. I, I mean, love been, New York. I love New York. I've been back a few times. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> once you've been right. once, you're going back for sure. Sure. Um, so I'm happy that we met then. I know, me too. And you know, I do have some favorites like of your product line. I love the hand soap and the lotion. Like that's in my bathrooms. And to be honest, um, do you want to guess my favorite scent or do you want me just to tell you? Um, I don't know. Yeah, tell me. Pear. Pear. Yeah, I love the pear. Which is such, a, you know, it's so funny because when we first started, I had never heard of the scent pear. Yeah. Um, you know, we all hear of lavender and lemon and grapefruit and all that. But pear is such a great scent because it's so much, it's so different. Yeah. A, um, and it's such a great scent in the holiday time, at Christmas time. So it sells so well. Yeah, you know? I like I love it because it's not too heavy, yep. but it's fresh. Yeah, right. And so. for men and women. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's perfect. Um, so, Stacy, perhaps um, we'll start off with a little bit of your history, like where you grew up, what it was like, what you were passionate about as a young girl, and then we're gonna move into starting a business from your kitchen sure. yeah, <laughs> and how that experiment sure. went. <laughs> Um, so I grew up here in Toronto, um, in the beaches area. Oh. My parents, um, were entrepreneurs as well. They had a real estate company, something very different than what I'm doing, but still entrepreneurs. Um, so I, I grew up here, uh, where I, I live today in this area, which is, um, such a great community. Um, but yeah, loving, loving sort of the outdoors and, and I was, uh, I was athletic. I was, I was, I was always interested in sports and baseball and volleyball and swimming and, all that kind of jazz. And um, yeah, I, I would say I was just your regular teenager too, you know, uh, 
going out on the weekends and but I, I always had an interest in something else. I always found a little bit different than my friends. So if they wanted to go shopping for the day, I wanted to go to, you know, um, Lush. <laughs> right? <laughs> and they didn't get it. They just didn't get it. But that was my day. I mean, if I could find the perfect day for me, yeah. it would be, you know, a Saturday morning taking off downtown to the Toronto Eaton Center and hang out in Lush all day and just trying everything, smelling everything, feeling everything. And um, so instead of buying clothes, I would buy cosmetics or so you, products. you always, always did that? Oh, really? Interesting. Always. So I always had a huge fashion fascination with scents. Yeah. Scents and, um, you know, creams and lotions and scrubs. And, and never in my wildest dreams would I have ever thought I would start a, a beauty company. Which That's is so funny. So you have this passion as a teenage girl. Mm -hmm. And then um, you finish high school. What do you do after high school? I went and worked for my dad. In real oh, estate. Oh, you did? I did. Oh, no way. <laughs> I became a recruiter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so, such a huge departure from what I'm, do I'm doing now. Um, but in so many ways, I learned so much yeah. from both my parents because of them being entrepreneurs and, and go-getters and, and super successful and super driven. Um, so for me, even though it was so different, there were things that I learned from them that I, I use, utilize today and hopefully pass on to my kids as well. Yeah. So um, what do you think is the biggest thing that you learned when you were working at such a young age in your parents' business? I think I, I, think I learned many things, um, but one was to think outside of the box. Um, what's everybody doing and how can I just do it completely different? Um, so, and that was my dad. I mean, he really had... Um, a great way of, of dealing with people and selling people um, a, a product, a house. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I really did sort of capture that essence when I, I started my own company. So everybody was doing one thing and I literally wanted to run the exact opposite direction and do something <laughs> different. Um, I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. So even as, even as simple as, you know, packaging, we were just, you and I were just talking about packaging earlier, but everybody back when I started, which was 12 years ago, um, they were starting to think about, you know, natural ingredients, just sort of dipping their toe in it, as I say. Um, and their, their packaging was very loud and colorful and, and uh, you know, the content was very simple, uh, you know, which is great. Um, but I felt like there was such a huge disconnect there. I, I was like, you know what, if that's what they're doing, I want to do something very different. So at the time, black and white packaging was just like nobody was doing it. Right. So my thought was, let me go super simple. And for me, super simple was black and white. I mean, there's nothing more simple than that. I also love the aesthetic of it. Um, so I always, you know, colored the content. So my pomegranate lotion would be a pale pink and my, you know, label and packaging would be black and white. So we really did try to do something very different. Um, and well, that's actually one of the things that I think I've learned the most is when you're choosing something like mm -hmm. that, simple is actually good. Simple is good. Because the black and white, like whatever marketing you want to do, it doesn't matter what you're adding to it. You got it. Whereas you can imagine, like, when I created Orange Fish, how many colors go with orange? I know. And well, how many colors clash with orange? I love orange, <laughs> I too. Love orange. I love it. But it's so hard to make sure it always looks good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a tough color to work with, for sure. Yeah. 
Um, you know, and, and as we evolved and, and you know, uh, became a little more well-known, um, I noticed that other people were doing black and white as well, which I love and I admire. Um, so now we're back at sort of square one where we've just revamped our packaging. We're trying to do something very different again. And uh, I'm very excited to launch that this spring. But isn't having a business constantly about reinventing yourself? Always. Yeah. Always. And I think that that, you know, generally is a, a big issue with companies when they don't want to change. And if you don't change, you're stagnant. Yeah. You know, and you, you've got to keep it fresh and interesting and, and always come up with either a new product, a new design, a new something. Yeah. Right. It's true. And, um, <clears throat> and that's where I think I... I think I shine. I think I shine. I hope I shine. Um, and well, I, your product is also amazing quality product. Thank you. Right. It's 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 good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Good stuff for sure. I mean, you know, when it when it's all said and done, your packaging can be as pretty as you want. If the content isn't great, um, you've got a one-time buyer. They're not coming back. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. and and that's what I say. You know, I, I always found there was a huge disconnect in the market where you could go to a Whole Foods or a you know your sort of local green healthy vegan store or whatever, um, and you'd find good quality products there. You really would. I yeah. Mean, great stuff. The packaging was horrendous. So <laughs> yeah, because I think I read like the term granola, right? Yeah. Like it looked very granola. Very. Very earthy. Yeah. But. Not necessarily for mainstream. The yeah, look of it, totally. Right? And then the main, and then the really pretty products that look so beautiful. The content would be crap. Yeah, and by content you mean like the ingredients that yes. are in the product. Yeah. Yes, the ingredients you would really they're very questionable. Um, now things have evolved, and thank goodness the beauty industry has changed a lot over the last twelve years, and and people are really becoming quite. Um, you know, knowledgeable about turning that label over and taking a peek at the ingredients. Um, but that was always my goal to sort of marry those two beautiful aesthetic, good quality content ingredients. Yeah. Um, and deliver a product that was, you know, fantastic. Yeah, of course. But, but this is, I think, one of the general problems in our culture now is that so many people want to run a business and they want to make money. But maybe they're not paying enough attention to some of those details. And it really comes down to details. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I'm working with a designer right now. She's actually in-house. She works with us, which is just incredible. I just yeah. love it. Um, but it takes such a tremendous amount of time um, to get those details right. Yeah. And that's what we're working. It's like, you know what, can you, can you lower that line? How much? Well, I don't know, just about as low as you, like, you know, <laughs> like, it, like, can you make that, you know, letter a little bit big? It's just really all about that. And we also have somebody in house who's an artist. So she's doing a lot of the drawings herself. It's just so pretty. And I, I can't wait to, um, although it's still our very simple and classic sort of look, but it's beautiful. Anyway, it, it is all about the details. I 100% agree. And um, if you don't want to pay attention to those details, you're going to be in trouble. So have you always been detail-oriented? Um, I didn't think I was. I didn't think I was, but I am. You know, maybe yeah. I'm wondering if maybe it's come out with the running of the business and making these decisions. I think so. So mm -hmm. if we go back to... Um, you're working uh, with your parents' real estate business. Yep. And then what did you do after that? So after that, um, 
I, I, you know, I, I really uh, sort of worked for them and then I really became a mother. I mean, mm. I, I actually became a single mother because I was dating, I'd been dating somebody and um, and unfortunately, I don't think he was ready to have a baby when <laughs> we were having one. <laughs> when it happened? When it happened. But luckily... That happens. Yeah, I know. Luckily enough, it all worked out and, you know... I, I was a married mother shortly after that, um, but I had a family. So I we got married, and, and we had two children, and um, I really didn't know what I would do. I really struggled with, do I even go back to work? And if I do, what the heck would I do? Yeah. I don't have any education. I mean, I have a, you know, I went to high school. I didn't go to university. It wasn't my thing. Um, but I always knew, I always knew when I was young that I was bright. I yeah. always knew I was bright. I wasn't necessarily, I certainly wasn't book smart, but I, I understood things a little bit differently maybe than people, and certainly the people I knew. Um, so I was always a little bit different. Yeah. Although, you know, I had lots of friends and everything. I wasn't uh, necessarily the same. I, I didn't love the same things they loved. Yeah. So I was, I was a little bit of an oddball that way. So it's interesting because um, they... There's some investors and some thought leaders out of the U.S. now, when they're looking at investing in a company, what they also look at is the person's education. And interestingly enough, they are more willing to hedge a bet on someone who hasn't been through the post-secondary school system. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they feel like, um, yes, you have gone into school, you've gained all this knowledge, but in some ways, you may have also had the creativity or out-of-the-box thinking driven out of you. Mm-hmm. Right? Interesting. That yeah. is interesting. I, I was actually just listening to a podcast about huh. that the other day. Yeah. So. And I think, I, I, I do believe that rings true with me because I really had to be creative in a lot of ways. So obviously, you know, being a young mother, my actually my family moved to the U.S. as soon as I uh, had my daughter. Um, so they moved to the States. They opened up another business, Entrepreneurs for the Second Time. <laughs> they opened up a, a big bread and, bed and breakfast in South Carolina, which was beautiful. I ended up getting married there. Um, but um, yeah, so you have to be, I had to be creative yeah. uh, even back then. So creative in ways, you know, how can I, how can I raise this child on literally no money yeah um and figure out how we can you know i can we can eat well and i can give her all the things that are necessary so did you have um like did you during that transition like did you have little part-time jobs and stuff that you were doing i babysat my neighbor's kids really and so you're babysitting your neighbor's kids and then at some point in time you meet your now husband no no we had met so that he's the father of my daughter oh he is he is I'm like, what is happening here? So oh, he just wasn't ready at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, anyways, luckily enough, things were He got out. ready. He got ready. <laughs> it took him a little while. Yeah. Um, but but then we ended up getting married and, and so I was a single mother for a little while. Yeah. Um, but then we did get married not too terribly long afterwards and had a, had my son. So And so then um you're at home. How did you start to like start the experiments in your kitchen? Like just one day did you think, oh, I'm bored. I have nothing to do. No, <laughs> I have a really interesting sister-in-law. 
who had all these really kind of crazy ideas about um, things she wanted to do. Really interesting, uh, but sort of like, you know, off the wall things that you're like, Oh, I never really thought about that. You know, she became an iridologist. Um, a what? What is that? I know. What is that? Don't even ask me. <laughs> an iridologist. I think I think she read your eyes or something. And then she did all this. Yeah, I know. It's it's a bit of it's off the wall. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but interesting. Yeah, um, and fun. So she, we were having dinner one night. She was she was here at my house, and we were having dinner. And and she said, Oh, I think I'm going to take this course um, and learn about essential oils. And I went. Hmm, that's interesting. I think I'd like to take that course with you. She goes, great, come on, let's take it. So we ended up, um, we were tutored actually, just because it was the two of us. And who the heck heard about, you know, stuff like that, you know, 12 years ago. Oh, no, it was more than 12 years ago, because I took the course a few years before. So I think we're going back probably about um, 16 or 17 years ago now. So early 2000. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, I sat on that information. So we took the course and I sat on that information for a few years, not knowing what the heck I was going to do with what am I going to, you know, take with this, all this information I have and make something of it. And I thought maybe I'll, maybe I'll do like massages or something with, you know, essential oils and that'll be interesting. And then I realized I don't really like touching people. Yeah, yeah. listen, listen. Right? <laughs> Okay, my first degree, talk about going to school, my first degree is in kinesiology. When you come into kinesiology, you're like, ah, you can be like a kinesiologist, an athletic therapist, a massage therapist, physiotherapy. It's like, I don't want to touch people. No, I know. It's like strangers, right? Yeah. Well, I'll touch my husband's back, but you know, even that sometimes is questionable. (laughs) So... Anyhow, I realized quite quickly that that wasn't something I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a massage therapist. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I saw. We're oh, on the know, same page there. There you go. Um, so I went to a store actually on Queen Street, and um, at the time, I remember buying a gift there, and it was this beautiful Portuguese soap. And I thought, oh, I just love that soap. I have to buy another gift for somebody. So I think I'm going to head down to the store on Queen Street and buy some soaps. So I go down, and sure enough, the store's not there anymore. But another store is there in its place. And they're offering classes on how to make cold-processed soap. And I thought, (gasps) what are the chances? What are the chances, right? What are the chances? So I thought, well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. But I'm going to buy some soap today. I'll buy some soap for me. I'm going to sign up for your class. So (laughs) I can't believe this. I didn't know this part of your story. Yeah. (laughs) So I sign up for the class, and I, I take the course, and... It's a, you know, it's a November evening. I've taken this soap course. I've just finished up. I've cut my soap, blah, 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 blah. And I'm walking along Queen Street and it's snowing. And I realize it's the happiest I've ever been. I'm so incredibly happy. And I'm walking over to my sister-in-law's house for dinner. And just, I guess it was, it sounds silly, but I just realized that's exactly what I should be doing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, I love this. I just loved it. Like, it was just so fun. So you take your first soap making course, and then I'm guessing you get addicted a little bit. Because, like, for example, before I ran Orange Fish, I did jewelry making. So I got addicted to beads. Like, I still have beads. (laughs) I can't even tell you. It's ridiculous. So you were walking to your sisters. You're like, oh, I'm so happy. And then did it just, everything just fall into place from there? Because that sounds, like, very serendipitous. 
It really was. I guess it was meant to be. Um, no, what I realized is I went back and I, I obviously went back to the same place and I took some more courses on, you know, soap making and different things. And they approached me and said, you know what? Your soap is so great. Would you make soap for the store? Oh, so I thought about it and I said, you know what? I actually think I'm going to do my own thing. And I ended up going down to the St. Lawrence Market, as you said earlier, and set up a booth. And actually, funny enough, the, the person beside me, so it was like you had a booth partner, right? It was an L shape. So I had one side, she had the other side. And I went to high school with her. No way. Yeah. So I went to high school with her and it was such a fun summer. So every week I would be selling soap and she would be selling her Murano jewelry and we would have fun and we had, you know, just a laugh. So the first few weeks, you know, you, you come home and and you just can't believe you made this much money. But by the end of the summer, I literally had lineups at my booth. People wanting to buy, you know, because, well, A, I'm not selling it for a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But Were you giving it away? I wasn't really giving it away. But but when, when I realized how much I was selling it for, I was like, oh, boy, I didn't really make a lot of money. But it was still fun. It was the experience that I had. And it was also I met one lady and boy, she would never know how much she changed my business because she came up to me and she said, you know what? This body butter is so good. It's as good as the stuff I buy from the Stillwater Spa. Um, and I said, what? And I said, the Stillwater Spa? You mean in Yorkville? And she said, yeah, it's so great. I love it. So I thought to myself, well, that's interesting because I could tell she was well-dressed and this was a woman who knew her stuff and knew her products. And if she thought it was good enough to sell, or to, you know, to, it was good enough to compare to something she would buy at the Stillwater Spa, then maybe I'm on to something. Anyway, that became my goal. So wow. the Stillwater Spa was like, if I can reach the Stillwater Spa, I've made it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that really was it. I think you've gone beyond that. <laughs> Well, I ended up selling the Stillwater Spa for many years until they they were renovating, which was just the other year. But I sold to them for years. I actually we were the number one body care line there um, for a long time. Yeah. So they ended up renovating, and I don't know when that renovation is going to be complete. But uh, uh, you can bet I'll be calling them or knocking on their door when they're finished. <laughs> they might want like a personal branded one if they were like that inspiration. Like ah, that's the goal, right? right. <laughs> a collab in the making. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's fascinating. So then you um, have this great experience at St. Lawrence Market. Did. And I'm guessing, you know, every week you're making, every weekend you're selling. That's exactly what happened. And at the time, like, did you already, like, were you already calling it Love Fresh? Or what did you start with? No, no. Because, you know, as much as I say I love Lush, I didn't know what was going on, like, in the world as far as cosmetics. You know, I wasn't really studying different brands or anything. I just knew what was local. So I knew there was a Lush downtown, and I loved it. Um, and there's also the body shop. And, and, you know, and then you would find your sort of odd soap store, maybe, or whatever. So I thought, you know, I love the word lush. Obviously, that was taken. Yeah. And um, I thought, well, why don't I do something simple like fresh? Isn't that a great name? Lo and behold, when I got into making product and, and selling it and starting it, I thought fresh was great and then quickly realized it was taken <laughs> in the U.S. by a huge company. Um, 
How did you come to that realization? Like, did you research it or someone told you? Someone told me, actually. Yeah. They said, you realize that there is a fresh in the U.S. And I said, no, I didn't. Da, 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 da. Oh, there sure is. And it's huge. Yeah. Um. So so that was off the market. And then I said to my husband, let's think of something that's cute that maybe could go along with that great word, which is fresh, which is really encompasses what we're doing. Um. So he said, sure. So he was at his office. And I said, let's find a .com. You know, let's try and get a .com. So, you know, we went through everything in the world. Up fresh, you know, you're fresh, he's fresh, it's fresh, you know, whatever fresh. Um, and then it was Love Fresh. And he said, oh, it's available. And I said, we'll take it. And I didn't know if I would stick with that name, but it did stick. Yeah. And I've had it now for quite a while. But it's a great name, it's, though. It's a good name. It's a good name. Yeah. And it, it makes sense for your line. Right. Makes sense for our line, yeah. And yeah. and it's not like um people would say it doesn't make sense, um, yeah. or it doesn't um emulate what we're doing. We love what we're doing, we're making fresh product. Um and everybody can spell both of those words. Yes. It's not like a you know, very difficult or you know, or very, you know, it's it's quite memorable, I I think as well. Yeah. So and so um have you, like, when you started making soap, did you always use natural ingredients? Like, was that always your goal? Always. Or did you do some experimentation and just figure out that's what you liked? No, because, you know, having young children at the time, um, I always thought it made sense. You know, when, when you're cooking for your family, you want to use good quality, natural, hopefully organic ingredients when possible. It's not always possible. Um, but if it is possible, that's, that's my preference. So yeah, I mean, I, I really did take that, um, sort of thought process into when I started making bath and body products. I mean, if I'm going to, you know, rub my son or my daughter with, with, you know, a body oil or lotion or whatever, um, or, or draw them a bath and, and put some, you know, salts in there. We want them to, you know, not be toxic, of course. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it is true. They, you know, the industry is, is always saying what goes on your body goes in your body. Yeah. Um, so just like eating and people are becoming more aware of that now. Um, I don't think they did years ago, but they're becoming more aware of it now that when you do put product on your face, your body, your feet, anywhere, it's you're you're absorbing that into your bloodstream. Yeah. And um so we had a family member um diagnosed with breast cancer, I guess probably about you know, probably about nine years ago now. She's fine. Um <laughs> That's good. Yeah. So uh when that happened, I know that she had asked if I could make a cream for her when she was going through her radiation treatment. Mm. So I ended up making this cream for her and uh, she didn't have any burns or, or scars or anything from it. She would put it on every time her uh, she completed her treatment and it was really, really, really helpful. And um, so funny enough, it was, it was around the same time I was approached by um, a company that was starting a sort of a bit of a movement as far as good quality green products to, um, to, to, to not necessarily sell, to sort of uh, market towards people going through treatment. Oh. And I said, isn't that interesting? I said, because I'm thinking maybe of going a little bit deeper rather than just, you know, my body lotion or sugar scrub. I think I'm going to make a deodorant. Yeah. 
And um, I ended up, <clears throat> excuse me, going through the process and it took quite a long time is to come up with a recipe that worked. Um, and then that's how that all started. And that, but your all natural deodorant has such good reviews. Thank you. Like everyone you. that talks about it says great things about it. Oh, that's nice. Thank you know, you. it's yeah, it was it was certainly a process. Let me tell you, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget. So I was working with somebody and we were trying to get this recipe going and you know, we were wearing it at the same time. So I say, you know what, you wear this batch and I'll wear this batch and we'll talk about it. So anyways, there was, we were making product one day and, and I thought, oh boy, you know, she's, she's having a rough day today. That deodorant is not working. (laughs) Well, lo and behold, it wasn't her. It was actually me. It was me wearing the deodorant that wasn't working. And, uh, it was certainly through trial and error, but, (laughs) oh, Um, that doesn't work (laughs) that one doesn't work batch number 28 does not work so that took some time but that was definitely her and I just trying it all the time does this work does this this work and and certainly my kids and my husband were other you know guinea pigs as they say so how did you move um like you're when you were how long did you stay in the St. Lawrence market for I was there for two summers and then what were what was the next step in your growth um, I was approached by a spa in Mount Pleasant. Yeah. Um, and actually it was her mother that came to the St. Lawrence market and said, my daughter has a, a spa on, on Mount Pleasant. And I think, you know, you do really, really well there. So I ended up talking to her and she was actually very helpful and instrumental when I first started, you know, you don't realize how helpful people are, you know, they say something and, you know, but I remember her saying, you know, I really love lemon verbena. And I said, oh, sure, yeah, I'll make lemon verbena. And lemon verbena is still part of our lineup today. And that was, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. So anyhow, um, she was she was very, very helpful. And um, and from there, you know, people would hear about her. They would come into the shop and, and buy something from her because she was also using it in service. Um, and then I would get another location. Somebody else would, you know, go into her place and say, oh, my gosh, my sister has a store over on, you know, in the beaches area or Leslie and so Hill. basically you went from doing the St. Lawrence Market, correct me if I'm wrong, doing the St. Lawrence Market to getting your product into spas in different locations. Yeah. So you were no longer necessarily doing the direct sales. Uh, no, I, I you? was. Oh, I you was. were also doing that. Where yeah, were you doing, doing that everything. though? What? Not to the, sorry, um, direct sales to consumers, not to. Oh, um, yeah, no, we, we had a website. Yeah, we had a website. Oh, even that long ago? You yeah. sold off the website? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, because we had the dot com. Yeah, so we were selling from day one, not necessarily making a lot of sales. Yeah. Um, it takes years. Yeah. You know, it takes years and years and years. So um, the great thing is, is quite quickly I realized that um, I needed to get into a market, not necessarily the St. Lawrence market, but something bigger. So we started doing the one-of-a-kind show. After two summers? Uh, probably, maybe two, yeah. yeah, two, three summers, something like that. Like, I think I did the St. Lawrence market for two summers, and then probably maybe the third year. And, I did like, the... the one-of-a-kind show, because other artists I talk to, it's a beast to do that. Yeah. Like, it's a lot of work, yeah. a lot of hours, but everyone says it's totally worth it. It's worth the time, worth it the is. energy, worth the effort. And so, do you remember back to the first show you did? I do. What I was do. your biggest challenge? Oh, gosh, I just didn't know what I was doing. What happened, actually, is I'm not... <laughs> Going back to school, um, I was never good. I'm still not good at filling out applications or anything like that. So it's not something I do. 
But as I said before, I am creative. Yeah. So what happened was, is I had called them up and they said, oh, you have to fill out the applications and take pictures and draw, drop off this and send this here and do this. And I was like, gosh, that is so much work and stuff I don't like to do. <laughs> right. And so I said, well, okay, okay, I'll, you know, whatever. And I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So I ended up calling the one of a kind show about two weeks before the show. And I said, oh, I was just wondering if anybody dropped out of the show. I, I'm available. I can certainly pop oh, in any smart. And they said, no, 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 no. But can we write down your number? And if anything happens. So they did. And they called me two days before the show. And they said, OK, well, we have an opening. You know, it's X amount of dollars, but you can slip into this spot. This is a five by ten. It was a small little. You know, booth. Perfect to try it, though. Perfect to try it. And um, I said, sure. So I, you know, I ran around. And, and it's not like I don't like to work. I love to work. But it's just certain things I don't like to do. So anyways, I ran around. And we were all ready for the show. We set up. Like, and... how did you have enough product on hand? Well, I always had. I was always making product. Yeah. And you have to realize nobody knew who I was. So it's not like I'm going to sell a lot of stuff. You didn't think the first time you would, but did well, you? I did. And I remember there was, because it was uh, the spring show. Oh, okay. That's different than the Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It's different than the Christmas. So it's only five days, but the Good Friday is the busiest day. I would have no idea. I've never done it before. Well, I had a lineup and I panicked. I was like, oh, and they were all waiting to buy stuff. So I probably had, you know, eight or 10 people and they're waiting. And I was like, oh my, I can't handle this. <laughs> Little did I know how busy we would get, you know, as every year progress. <laughs> now we can handle it like nothing. It's, like, it's just second nature. But uh, but anyways, that was my first experience at like a, a bigger show. And so then as you're growing and evolving, you start to get retailers on board. Your business is taking off. Mm -hmm. Is there any ever point in time where you're like, wow, this is like, Getting so much bigger than I ever imagined. Yeah. Yeah. When did that happen? Mm, it probably happened a few years ago. See, my goal when I first started it, not that my my goal has always changed every, I mean, my goal is huge now. But when I first started, I thought, you know, I would just love to do, I just love doing this. So if I could take my family on a vacation once a year with my little business, I would be so happy. <laughs> right? Yeah. That was what I first thought. Well, of course... That happened quite quickly. Um, so then you're happy. Yeah, I was really happy. <laughs> but I wanted more. Um, <laughs> so so now, I mean, you know, I, I always have, you know, pretty high standards of what I want every year. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my standard uh, uh, probably last year was hit, to hit a million dollars. Wow. So yeah, so we're doing real well. That's amazing. Have you and done it? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. That is an accomplishment. That's a, yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Did you celebrate it? Uh, no. What? No. I have that problem too. No. And then it's like, move I feel on to like, the next thing. I feel like you never know what's around the corner, but we've always done really well. Yeah. We've always done, you know, we've inched up and inched up and inched up and inched up. So, you know, I mean, here's the thing, you know, like you said, it's, it's a, it's a changing beast. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I love the creative aspect of it. I love the challenge, but I don't know what's going to happen around the corner. So I never really sort of want to shout out from the rooftop. Right. Yeah. I had a, um, 
an employee that worked for me and she like she'd be like Janet this happened this is so exciting I'm like okay yeah <laughs> move on to the next thing and she's like um don't you want to celebrate <laughs> and I was like uh no we got to think about this now got to think about it's like else. you're always thinking about the next thing yeah. right yeah so you're always yeah I'm always on well what about this and and that's great but yeah, exactly what you said. I'm always moving on to the next sort of project. Right now I've got a project filed back in my brain that I'm going to be working on as soon as this packaging is launched. <laughs> I'm working on it. And so in that time, um, throughout all of your growth and everything that's happening, was there any one moment that you were like super excited or super happy about? And it could be like you finally got into the store that you'd always been trying to or you'd reach this certain milestone or some sort of celebrity shouted out about your project, your product, like yeah. something. Is there anything that was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this happened? Yeah, actually, you know what? Last year, so I was in LA doing an event um, and I got an, I received an email and the email was from Bloomingdale's. So they said, hey, you know, we want to set something up and talk to you and uh, we think your product might be a good fit for a store. So I was like, what? <laughs> what? That has always been my goal. Bloomingdale's. Wow. Always. So sure enough, I mean, we're in there now. We're in there. And, oh, amazing. Uh, yeah. So we, we ended up talking and, and we got the product in there. Just a small order. And we're in about, I think we're in about five doors or seven doors. Maybe seven doors. Um, it's not a huge account for me, which you probably would think it would be. But... We're growing. Yeah, we're 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 we've we've sort of dipped our toe into Bloomingdale's and and we'll see how it goes. But um, that was a big deal. It's it's not necessarily always about the money. It really isn't. Um, it's just about the accomplishment. Yeah. Well, and I'd also think like when you're going into a big location like that. Yeah. It is hard because there's also so much more competition there, mm -hmm. and you'd actually have to overcome some of the people's favorites. That are there already. So it would take time to grow, right? Yeah. Yeah, like it's not going to happen overnight. And and people in Canada know who we are. I mean, not, I mean, you know, we're doing fairly well here. Um, but people in the U.S., I mean, they don't really know who we are. Yeah. You know, we, we have a few locations <laughs> there and, and we have some, actually we do better. We do a lot better in Europe than we do in the U.S. Oh, interesting. Yeah, a lot better. But it, do you think that's why, like, Europe's a little bit more progressive when it comes to, like, the all-natural? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, we became EU certified, gosh, I think it must have been three years ago now. And, sorry, what's EU certified? So, we had to go through a certification in order to uh, abide by all of their standards. And their standards are very strict. Um, you know, actually we just posted on Instagram yesterday about how strict the, the EU certification is and their standards as opposed to North America. So it's literally thousands of, 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 uh, ingredients, um, that they will not allow in their products. Oh. And yeah, and, and we're actually pretty lax here, unfortunately, you know, in Canada and the U S, um, where, you know, it's, it's pretty wishy-washy. You can... Put a lot of stuff in there that um, you would never get away with if if it was in Europe. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because people who think about starting this type of business might not realize stuff like that. Yeah. Like, why can't I make what I want to make and put what I want in it? Yeah. And you can, you but can. it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to sell it everywhere. Yeah. Right. Well, people are becoming quite smart 
our consumers are a lot smarter now than ever. Um, they really understand. Now, they're like I said earlier, they are flipping that bottle around and checking out the ingredients. So they, uh, they know their stuff. Yeah. And so um, in... We, we talked about your biggest win, but what are some of the biggest challenges that you came across? Like, have you ever had a moment, like I've had this moment, I can share this. I've had this moment where I'm like, ah, yes. why, why, why? why? <laughs> oh yeah, I've had that. I've had a few of those. Yeah. So do you want to share any of them? Uh, <laughs> we had, um, I guess it was a couple of years ago now. We ended up um, changing one of our, our suppliers for one of our ingredients in our deodorant, not realizing that it had changed so drastically. So the, the quality. So we, we dealt with a, a supplier originally that had a very nice, smooth, silky baking soda. Switching the, dis- the supplier ended up uh, a very coarse baking soda. So it was really like an exfoliation under your armpit. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, so we had to pull as much of those as possible. Some of them had already gone out. You, there's nothing you can do. There is an apology. Let me pull it and move on. Wow, and that's a lot of dollars wasted. Yeah, yeah. And and you know what? It's your reputation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's a tough yeah. one. <laughs> but, that's what, but that's what's important is making the tough call to pull it. Knowing yeah, yeah, that it's going to affect the bottom yeah, line, you have to, right? You have to because you know, I mean, there's, there's, it's not never worth it. No. So you'll never get that customer back if they're hugely disappointed with that product. Um, so yeah, no, no, no. You have to pull it and you have to just uh, make amends and move on and never, ever, ever make that mistake again. Yeah. Well, you own it because this yeah. is the this is yeah. the thing that um i'm finding interesting is there <laughs> what i find interesting is on instagram you can't contact anyone if you have an issue you can never get a hold of anyone yeah. but they have a massive business it's like how do you build a business where no one can ever contact you i want to build that business <laughs> right <laughs> right well <laughs> but everyone still uses it I and know. no one complains about instagram it. it's so funny I know. And everything looks so glorious and glamorous on Instagram, and it's just really not the truth. I mean, if you look behind the scenes, I mean, we try and do a little behind the scenes, um, but there's always, you know, you know, not so glamorous things going on. Oh, of course. Right? Yeah. I mean, I am mopping the floors and taking out the garbage and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Um, but I do love it, and we follow... Instagram quite religiously because it really is the social media platform that everybody is using right yeah. now. So yeah, it's, it's a good true. one. It's true. It's funny because I have found personally, um, like Facebook is not being utilized the way it was in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more advertising on it. People aren't sharing as many personal stories or updates. And I just think the in the last six to eight months in particular, certain things that have come out about Facebook, mm-hmm. people have been very leery about what they're doing on that platform and what they're sharing. But what's interesting is like Facebook owns Instagram. Mm-hmm. I, know. <laughs> I know. I know. Isn't it crazy? We don't even use Facebook. We don't even use it. So funny. So people are still sharing stuff on Instagram. Facebook still owns that. Just as an FYI, people, just so you know. I know. So true. <laughs> 
Um, so uh, we've talked about growing. Um, what does it feel like to have your product in over a hundred locations? Well, it it feels great. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say it doesn't. It feels great. Um, you know, always with with more locations, there's always more responsibility. Um, so now I have staff that yeah. I'm responsible for, which is fun, but it is a responsibility. So there's just, there's a lot more that goes into it. There's of course the dynamics of, of, you know, office life as well as, you know, my, my creative side and making product and all that, um, which is great because it's a good balance and I can balance in any way I, I want to, in all honesty, I, I don't have to be in the office working on the business. Right. Um, which, you know, I mean, that's, it is difficult being the, the one and only person I can sort of talk to about it. I'm, I'm in my own head a lot of the times thinking, is this the right way to do it? Is this the right avenue to go down? Should I be spending money on this? Should I invest in this? Should I do this? Yeah. So I don't really have anybody to bounce those ideas, you know, off of. And even, even people in the same industry as me, they don't necessarily think the way I do. Yeah. You know, so as much as I appreciate other people in the industry, and I do, and I have friends, and we have lunch and dinners and drinks, um, they're doing their thing. They're doing their thing, and that's great, and I love it, and I'll support them, but I don't necessarily want to do those things. Yeah. You know? And I think, you know, I think the one thing that you just said that we should probably touch on that's interesting is the networking and connecting piece. Mm -hmm. Like, how important and how valuable has that been to you with your growth, like even though you think differently and they have their own thing going on, I'm sure you've walked away from conversations sometimes and been like, oh, yeah, I should totally do that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I hope that they do the same. Yeah. You know, we really are, you know, like I said, we're, we're all in the same business and because I do have friends in the, in the beauty world, um, but we're all doing our own thing that is so different. So there's really not competition. Yeah. You know, because I am, um, for example, I have somebody else who I'm very good friends with who's a soap maker. Um, I've become friends with somebody else who is really only a bath bomb maker, you know, and that's their brand, bath bombs or soaps. And then I have other people who it's face care. I have another friend, really good friend who's natural cosmetics, you know, makeup. Yeah. So I love getting together with them because we can share those things and they can say, hey, oh my gosh, did you hear about that supplier? And they're fantastic and da, 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 da. Because, you know, I mean, a lot of us, even though it's makeup and bath and body care and, and bath bombs and stuff, we're all using shea butter. We're all using shea butter, right? That's right. Yeah. So it is, it's a, it's a great way to connect, to talk about the business there's, you know, as you and I were talking earlier, sometimes your friends that you grew up with don't necessarily understand. Yeah. So it's kind of lonely um, unless you make those connections and friendships. Yeah. Because I just think um, like people who have chosen this path or this mm -hmm. lifestyle understand the journey. Yes. And, you know, recently um, I had planned a party and some people were coming to it. And one of the women contacted me day of in the afternoon and she said, Janet, I'm so sorry. I'm just on a roll. I'm getting so much stuff done. I want to keep going. I would love to come see you, but I just want to keep going on this because I'm in the space. And for me, I'm like, get it. No worries. We can catch up another time. Not a big deal. Yeah. Because 
I get when you get in that space. Mm-hmm. And even though it's Saturday or Saturday night or Sunday or whatever, a lot of the times we get into what we're doing and we love it. So we don't want to walk away from it. That's exactly true. And people, like sometimes when people have the Monday to Friday job, they don't understand that. And they think, oh, you work too much. Well, I, I think that's, you, you hit it. Um, because we're in that creative space and we're in that creative sort of vision and tunnel at the moment, we're, th- yeah, we're on it. We are, we are in that mind space and we want to finish it. So I get that. I totally get that. Yeah. And, and it's like, you just can't wait to see what's going to happen at the end. Mm-hmm. It's like watching a good movie or reading a great book, right? <laughs> but this also, is your life. <laughs> you got it. But it's also not work when you're in that space. Yes. We're like, this is so much fun. Like, I totally, I'm on it. I'm on this roller coaster. I'm just going to want to, you know, be on it until it's finished. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm like that at times, I would say. I just don't, I'm focused. I want to do what I'm doing. And I really can't sort of deviate from that. So how do you shut out the world? Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's the best way for me is actually to physically get out of this Space. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I ended up finding out that um, my daughter is a great person to vacation with. Oh, really? Oh, it's great. It's great because there's nothing. I don't have to. I can totally be myself and comfortable and relaxed and she'll do anything I want to do, which is great. So I ended up taking her to Capri. Where is in that? October. Uh, Italy. Oh. Capri. Capri. Okay. Uh, so that was a real magical time that was just unbelievable so I think every year we're going to do that special trip oh that's so nice that's great and it's good to do it with your daughter so great and she appreciates it yeah right yeah have that time so I appreciate your time I know you're super busy um I have a couple of rapid fire questions if you think you're ready for them sure so my question will be quick but you can make the answer as long as you like okay okay uh so what is one thing that you cannot live without Ooh, probably my family. Mm. Uh, my husband, who is like my best friend. Um, yeah, can't live without him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sweet. And is there one thing that your mom or dad always told you that stays with you today? Uh, honesty and being forthcoming and straightforward. My mother was the most honest, forthcoming, straightforward woman. Um, yeah, nothing really would... Uh, you know, make her cave or, or not tell the truth or, or not speak her mind. Speak her mind. That's actually a really good one. She would speak her mind. There you go. And if you had, um, I steal this question from Tim Ferriss because I love it. I love him too, but I love this question. Um, if you had a billboard and you could put anything on the billboard that you wanted the world to know, what would be on that billboard? Um, it really all does come down to love. So it really all comes down to love. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, everything. Right? Yeah, yeah it's true. You're right. Mm-hmm. You have me thinking about it now. Relationships, mm-hmm. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Everything. Yeah. Yourself. It's another good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And so um, that's all my questions for you today. 
But oh. I think we should talk again when you reach your next level. Oh. Because I know it's going to happen. <laughs> Let's celebrate. Yeah. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. I'll go to Italy with you. That sounds good to me. <laughs> sounds good to me. Um, but I know if people want to learn more about you, um, is there some way they can reach you? Or um, is it best to go to the website? Yeah, probably the website. My, um, my email address is there. Okay, so it's lovefresh.com. Yep, and Stacy at Lovefresh is there. That's me. That's me. (laughs) You can find me. And are you active on social media? I help, um, but I do have somebody doing it for me. She's yeah. great. She's better at it than I am. Oh, so you have like the Love Fresh social, social media, but you don't have your own personal. No. Oh, interesting. No, I don't. Okay. No. All right. So there's one place to go. Yep. Lovefresh.com. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much for your thank time. You, Janet. It was so much fun. Yeah, I loved it. Good. We'll do it again. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs>